This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. And we're back. How we doing? How we doing? Last week, two for two weeks in a row, you got you got me twice a week. This week we're just doing one. Um, meant to put it out yesterday, full disclosure, I recorded a full podcast yesterday, listened to it back, did not like it, I rambled a lot, um, it just, you know, it didn't make the O'Brien standard, let's put it that way, but, uh, got a great show for you, I'm gonna redo it, redo it, new thoughts, new everything, wanna start the show, though, without question, uh, at the top of the show, Chris Curtis, who is a friend in life and a friend of the podcast, episode seven, I believe, with Chris Curtis, if you want to go check that out. He recently just found out, and uh, he is now uh, going to be a member full-time of the UFC. He is fighting UFC uh, Dana White Tuesday Night Fights on Fight Pass, June 12th, and that's very exciting. I couldn't be happier for the guy. It's long overdue. He's an incredible person, an incredible fighter. Um, I, it, I think he should have outright got a full contract, but you know, this is kind of the state of MMA. They're like, you know, we'll, we'll see what this kid's got. We'll see if he offer him a contract. I, he's fighting a guy named Sean Lally who fights out of Boston. I really think this is a great matchup. I've been watching Sean Lally tape all freaking day, trying to uh, see what he's got. You know, not not that Chris really needs my opinion, but I do like breaking down tape on people and whatnot. Um, he's a big, he, him and Chris are very similar. You know, they're both kind of ripped up. Chris has got a lot of muscle. This guy's got a lot of muscle. They both have popped up to 185. Chris is obviously a natural 70. I think this guy is too. I'm not really sure on his height, but they're both kind of the same. They do not fight the same. Sean Lally. I mean, I, I could, I could sit here for the next two hours and break down footage of this guy. The point is, congratulations to Chris Curtis, the action man. He deserves it. All the best. I am extremely proud and happy that he is Good to be a member of the UFC. Like I said, it's long overdue. And obviously, there's a joke in there. I could make, you know, I could crack a joke like, oh, you know, he he was a guest on MMA Takes podcast, and now he's in the UFC. I'm not going to do that. Um, one because I mean, I know I'm hilarious, but also I don't want to slight Chris in the, in in the slightest. I had nothing to do with him getting to the UFC. He worked his ass off for it. He is an incredible athlete, incredible fighter. He's grinded his way. And um, I know for a fact, just being around him and, and seeing some posts that, you know, there was a couple times where he was really frustrated and he might, he might've been like, you know what, I'm not going to be a journeyman for at 33 years old or whatever. I believe he's only 30, but you know, you get the point. He wants to fight the best in the world. He wants to be the best in the world. So congrats to Chris Curtis. I am so ecstatic that he's there. I wish I could, I, I'm going to figure out a way to be there. Um, if Once you knock Sean Lally out and you get a full fight contract when Dana White offers you the fight, um, your first fight, I'm in attendance for sure. So I need to get that out of the way. Another thing I get out of the way, uh, that's it. No, that's it. No, you know, well, no. Okay, so I had a buddy tell me, a guy who listens to this podcast, he's listening to this right now. I'm sure he's shaking his head. Um, he told me, you know, I, I appreciate feedback. I appreciate critiques. I, you know, I want to involve. I don't want to be better. And I want to serve the the people that are listening to me. So I'm open to suggestions. And, and this gentleman who is a friend of mine told me that maybe, just maybe, I, I, I cuss a little too much on it. Now, I cuss a lot in real life. That's just, that's just I'm, I'm a foul mouth son of a gun. Um, but I took it to heart and I appreciate his feedback. You know, he's, uh, I'm not going to drop his name because he's kind of of a private guy. I know who, if he's listening to this, he knows it's him 
And, uh, you know, he's he's full-blown Ron Swanson. He wants to be off the grid. Um, he has a smartphone, but I know in a couple of weeks he's going to go right to a flip phone. And uh, he's throwing his computer out as we speak and going straight typewriter. So I'm going to try to cut back on the cursing, and I appreciate it critiqued. Now let's fucking get into UFC Glendale. God fucking damn it. What a what a card. What an event. I was extremely excited about this and it lived up to the hype. It, this is kind of this is a card I think that that met both standards. A casual fan can watch it and really love it and a hardcore fan like me loves it because there's a lot of guys that can open up the visions that were on this card. Um obviously we got to start with the main event, Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje. Incredible fight. Oh, I loved every second of it. I I I don't like being wrong. I put a lot of money on Gaethje. Not, not a, I didn't put a lot of money. I had a lot of money to win on Gaethje. I had him in a parlay, and he was the last piece of the puzzle. So I ended up breaking pretty much even because I did I did make a couple other little bets. But uh, I'm actually kind of hap- not happy, but it's not the sting hasn't hurt as much because it was such an entertaining fight. And um, I'm a Gaethje guy. I like Gaethje in the World Series of Fighting. I liked I mean his first. I mean he's action packed. I mean every fight is absolutely incredible with him. I don't think he's ever been in a boring fight. I think uh, it, it, it's his. Um, Competition has obviously grown from World Series of Fighting to the UFC. I think his style needs to change a little bit. I really thought we are going to get a different Justin Gaethje, but he kind of still marched forward, chewed up Poirier's leg, kept his hands high, took some open body shots, took some shots to give some shots. Um, He didn't land huge shots, though. He obviously got hit a lot more. He landed one that kind of stunned Poirier, but nothing crazy. It was the leg kicks that were were the difference, and I feel I feel like he if he mixes up his wrestling, and he has stated several times where he doesn't he's terrified of getting tired when he wrestles. If he just mixes up a little more, I think I think uh, he'll still be exciting and he'll still be as good as he is. But I think it, you know obviously for his health and for for career wise as well, I think people are are are, are game to his style. You know, it's you're gonna break before I break, but. You know, you're 20 fights in your career. You can only take so much. And, and Poirier caught him with a really stiff left that I don't think he saw coming, wobbled him, put him away. Poirier looked fantastic. He called for a title shot, which I love. I think he deserves a title shot. Uh, every time Poirier takes, in, in the past, he's take three steps up and he's take two steps back. You know, his last loss was a really ugly loss to Michael Johnson. He got knocked out in the first round. He's come back from that. You know, he's learned from that. He's, and, and, and Poirier's defense looked pretty good. He didn't take as big a shots as he normally does because, you know, he sometimes does get dropped or, or, or knocked out, and, and that's that's something he's obviously paid attention to, and, and I think it's time. I mean, he was, a cha- he was a contender at 145, moves up to 155, he's a contender too, and I think the uh, the timelines meet up. Um, and I kind of wanted Gaethje to win. I thought he was going to win. I was dead wrong. I wanted him to win because I think he matches up best with the Khabib. He has good wrestling, and he has that pressure. Khabib has pressure too, so this could be a fucking train colliding. That's what I was looking forward to, but Poirier was the better fighter. I think Poirier wins that fight nine times out of ten. I just think he's his boxing's too crisp. He's too accurate. He took some big leg kicks. I mean, some of those leg kicks might have stopped lesser fighters, and Poirier powered through. So give me Poirier, Khabib. I like that. And you know what? We're going to go jump right into the hot take before I finish the card. My hot take of the week is not only does Dustin Poirier deserve the title, but I think he wins a few rounds against Khabib. I don't think he beats Khabib outright. I mean, obviously, it could happen. He could catch Khabib. He's got a lot of power. 
if Khabib plays around like he did with uh, Ally Aquita, I mean, there's a chance of that. I don't see that happening. But I, I like Dustin Poirier winning a few rounds. It's a five-round fight. Give Poirier maybe two. If he can get off his back and he can work his boxing, he can steal some rounds. Now, that's just that's that's such a weak, hot take because that's just, but that's just how good Khabib is. Like I'm predicting a guy's gonna win a few rounds. Oh wow, you know, crown me the crown me the king. But I I mean, who no one's beat Khabib in a round. I mean, according to his coaches, he hasn't even lost a round in training, which is insane. So the main event was fantastic. That was the hot take of the week. Another thing on the little sour sour of a note is uh Carlos Conant loss. He's my guy. He was the underdog. I predicted him to win. He looked he looked motivated. He looked intense, but he just he just didn't put it together. I know a lot of the announcers and even some other podcasts pointed out that the upkick might have hurt him. That's why he kind of fell into the choke. I love his message afterwards, his Facebook posts after the fight with some great humility and just you need that in fighting because you know when you when you're a fighter, you have to have this bravado, this ego. That's the kind of mentality you have to keep. You can't admit, you can't admit failure or weakness. And we've seen it time and time again when a guy loses, how many excuses they have. You know, I was hurt. My old lady hit me. You know, whatever the case may be. I mean, look at any T Ortiz fight. Win or lose, the guy is complaining about something. I mean, the guy fought with a broken skull, for Christ's sake. But um, it was a little bitter pill for Con to lose. He lost by choke in the second round. Alex Oliveira, a little bit better than I thought. I mean, I know he's like a, a scrapper you know, he he goes out there and just balls to the wall, but he, he fought a little more reserve, went for the takedowns. I mean, Carlos Conner hasn't st- stopped a takedown since, you know, ever. So it was a pretty smart game plan. I mean, he took this fight on short notice, and, and uh, he's an interesting guy at 170. I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to fight for a title because 170 is stacked, but he's a guy that you throw in there if you want to prove to see what a guy's got, I think. Him and Darren Till would be interesting. Darren Till steamrolls Stephen Thompson, then obviously you can only go up from there. I think he fights the winner, Usman Ponsonibio. But if Darren Till stumbles, which he doesn't because this is a Darren Till podcast, then Alex Oliveira and him would be very interesting uh, for a fight night or something. Then uh, the other thing I want to talk about, I'm not going to go through the whole card. I mean, Morag, we'll, we'll touch on what I'm going to talk about my boy Adesanya in a minute, but we'll go through the card and, and who I thought looked fantastic. Yushin Okami had a really boring fight, but I mean, he won every round. Every judge gave him 30 26. I don't know what to expect with him at uh, 170. He looked good, looked weird. Gilbert, Bur- uh, Gilbert Burns knocked out Dan Moret. Give Gilbert Burns someone in the top five, top ten. We got to see what this guy has. Moret was making his UFC debut. Um, I like Gilbert Burns. I, I, I think if his striking becomes a little more refined because he has that power, he's going to be a handful because no one really wants to touch him on the ground. Brad Tavares against Christoph Jocko. Uh, it, it was an okay fight. I thought this fight might have been a little better. Brad Tavares showed up. He looked good. I these Again, these, this is, these are the guys that I can't bet against. I, I stayed away from this fight. John Moraga was my guy that I won. He was the underdog against Wilson Race. And I tell you, John Moraga looked fantastic. That's back-to-back fights. I don't know what he's doing. I'm not sure if he switched camps or what. I know he trains out of Arizona. But he looked fantastic um, all across the board, 29-28. One round was close, but he pieced up Wilson Hayes, and he looked fantastic. Old shoe face looked good. Um, I don't really know what to go for him. And then... 
we got to talk about my boy Israel Adesanya. Hype train's real, right? I mean, I wrote an article called Choo Choo All Aboard. I mean, I, I'm on the hype train on this guy. I'm on, I, you know, I'm the conductor. I'm leading, I'm leading the way. He, my biggest complaint, and I, I was talking to my wife because she, she cares so much about what I have to say during fights, but um, I said, these kickboxers that come over, they're a little too patient. You know, they, they, they're picking their shots a little much because when they're fighting kickboxer, an, uh, another kickboxer where it's only stand-up, the other guy's doing the same thing. So you have room to be patient. You have room to pick your shots. And I have no nothing wrong with picking your shots, obviously. He's pinpoint accurate. I think the volume needs to go up a little more. And I, I, I don't think he needs to stay back a little more because everyone knows how good he is standing up that he's going to get pushed against the cage and get taken down. His takedown defense looked great. He has good hips. He, he he moves off the cage pretty well. However, when when Marvin did get him down, he looked like a fish out of water. That's a problem. Trains out of New Zealand. New Zealand uh, fighters, Australia fighters, aren't known to be like killers off their back. I feel like his takedown defense is adequate. It could always get better. When you fight, you're going to fight a, a beast of wrestler at 185 at one point. And, you know, I mean, Shoeface is a great grappler. I mean, you're going to face a guy who's a good size, 185, or that, that you're going to have to learn how to get off your back and do things. So that's the only knock on him. But other than that, I thought he looked great. This was a really tough matchup for him. It was an ugly win. A lot of people kind of, you know, because he's, he's very arrogant and, and he has these quotes. And, and, I mean, Dana White came out and sat ringside for his fight. I mean, I don't, I don't, I didn't see Dana the whole night until they put the camera on him for that. And I believe he left maybe even midway through. That's not a good sign. But, however, I do think this guy has tremendous upside. Um, you need, I, I think you, the, the most logical sense is to move him along slowly, which is fine. But give him a striker next. Give him a guy that will stand with him and give him a guy that's not going to just push him against a cage and, and take him down. I mean, Brad Tavares, who fought on this card, Brad Tavares would probably, you know, grapple him a little bit because Brad Tavares is a smart fighter, but Brad Tavares is also a stand-up guy. That's a ter- terrific fight. I believe Adesanya has called for that fight, if I'm not mistaken. He has he has asked for it on Twitter is what the is what they do nowadays, is what the what the kids do. So uh, that that was UFC Glendale. I was very, very happy with the fight. I stayed up. I made it all night. A father of a 10-month-old going on 11 months stayed up and watched it. Oh, wait. No, it was early. Never mind. I'm bragging, and it was it was over by like 9 o'clock. Well, I mean, that's still pretty sick brag. I'm usually pretty wiped out on Saturdays. So that was UFC Glendale. I loved it. A lot of stories came out of that. Um, I'm not really going to – that's the only really current news I want to break down in the, in the current MMA no one's really thrown dollies through windows. Floyd Mayweather, there's rumors going around that there was some there's a pitch that he wanted to fight Connor in the UFC in the cage with no shoes with the UFC gloves, but you can only clinch and throw punches. No elbows, no knees, no taking down, no kicks. That's bullshit. Don't I mean that's you know, people will watch it. I, I'd be so disgusted if they compromise that. I mean, I know everyone's trying to make make money in this world, but to me, that's 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 just that's not MMA. That's that's bullshit. That's circus bullshit, and I, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see an MMA. I didn't really want to talk about it, but I mean, other than that, there's not like a lot going on. A couple fight announcements, and we got Bellator next week, and there's still some not not a lot coming out of that right now. So right now, this weekend though is the UFC Atlantic City UFC Fight Night. Edson Barboza, who's ranked number five, is taking on Kevin Lee, who's ranked number six. Both guys coming off loss. Both guys are coming off losses. 
I don't like this matchmaking all that much simply because both these guys have, you know, if, if, if one of them loses and they're 0-2 and that's just such an ugly stain, I think, I think this, this could have happened a little bit later, later, but, you know, both these guys want to fight and, and it's happening. Edson obviously fought Khabib his last fight and got completely mauled. Kevin Lee fought Tony Ferguson, looked good in the first round, was very arrogant, was very outspoken, kind of came out as a personality in that fight, and he is he got choked out in that fight. So he is fighting Edson in the main event. I'm not gonna break down the full card, and I'm not I'm not really prepared for it, if I'm being completely honest with you, which I always am, audience. But yeah, I uh, I haven't I've been a little distracted this week. Sorry, life happens. So I haven't really fully looked at the card. I'm looking. I, I know who's fighting. I don't know the lines. I don't really have like dead set picks. But I am gonna pick the main card, and maybe I'll give you like one hot pick, one hot pick. So the main event: Edson Barboza versus Kevin Lee. We'll start there. Barboza is a plus one ten under, and I like it. I like that a whole lot. I know a lot of people like Kevin Lee with his grappling. Edson showed, you know, Edson has showed he's always tough to take down. Khabib is obviously a different story. However, Kevin Lee, I don't think can go five rounds. Kevin Lee's got a gas. Um, he's not a great finisher on the feet. He has good wrestling and he has some decent chokes. He has a good rear naked choke. I don't think he's choking out Edson Barboza. I think he could be taking Edson down a lot in the first two rounds. Win the first two rounds and then Edson's just going to take over. The kicks are going to pile up. Um, and the last person you want to gas against is Edson Barboza because he's so dangerous with those kicks. Give me Edson probably late stoppage, if not a decision, depending on how Kevin. I mean, if Kevin Lee fights, he's either he's either getting put out or he's winning. So I, I probably would bet that he's going to get put out um, some fashion or another. I think Edson's just it, it's a little better everywhere, and I, I don't think how much. I, I think Kevin Lee's a good grappler. I just don't know. If his grappling is good, really, because he shoots a lot from the outside, he's a kind of a freestyle wrestler. I know he can push you against a cage. I mean, I think that's the best way to take Edson down. But if you're shooting from the outside, good luck. See, uh, I see Edson winning this fight. Next up, co-main event, a fight I hate. Frank Yeager versus Cub Swanson. Frankie's number three. Cub Swanson's number four. Cub Swanson's coming off a loss to Brian Ortega. Frank Yeager's coming off a loss to Brian Ortega. T-City just crushing dudes. Frankie, I, you know, it's in Jersey. He committed to taking this fight or committing himself, I should say, to fighting on this card. He knew it was coming. He wanted to do a quick turnaround after Holloway, if, obviously because the Holloway fight was supposed to happen. He wanted a quick turnaround. Ortega happened. He got knocked out. First time in his career, he got knocked out. He went on Anik in uh, Florian's podcast and said he wasn't fully out. He got all the tests done. He's completely fine. This is a rematch that probably is a rematch that doesn't need to happen because the first fight was so decisive. Cub was coming off a huge hot streak, six fights in a row, and, and Frankie choked him out and dominated pretty much the fight. This doesn't have much of a storyline. A lot of people aren't too excited about this fight because it's like, you know, they don't think Frankie should be fighting, and, and Cub's kind of Cubs lost his luster a little bit, in my opinion. I just think, you know, I'm just not crazy about this matchup. I mean... Cubs coming off a, a win over, you know, Artem Loba and then a loss to Brian Ortega. So his past two fights aren't really, you know, lighting people's candles at both ends or whatever the that saying is. But uh, I, I don't like this fight. I, I'm sure Frankie's the favorite. Um, yeah, he's a two-to-one favorite. I like Frankie in this fight. I know he just got knocked out. I just don't think 
Cub is going to do much. I think Cub's biggest kryptonite is grapplers. I think it always has been. And I just don't think there's any way around it. I think it's going to be a tough first round for Frankie. I think the first round is going to be really close. And then I think Frankie's kind of going to take over and win a decision. Bet the house on the decision. Next up, we got the big boys. Justin Big Pretty Willis versus Chase the Vanilla Golden Sherman. Before I break down this fight, Chase Sherman, fantastic on Twitter. His gift game, his meme game, on points. However, I don't think he is the he, he's not the next coming of a of a Francis and Gandhi or anything. His his game is a little is a little soft, you know. I think he's chinny. I think he's um I don't really know his style. I don't know if he knows his style. I mean, he has a good record. You know, he's tough as nails. I believe he's coming off a loss. Yeah, he got uh I'm not even gonna pronounce the guy he lost. So he, he wins one, he loses one, he wins one, he loses one. He's been KO'd twice in the UFC. And uh, his wins aren't um, aren't over like world class guys. Justin Willis is the Black Roy Nelson. Yeah, I said it. Um, no, but he is. He's got a body that a lot of people, you know, it's like Roy Nelson. He's very deceiving. And uh, but I think he's talented. I think he's a great great addition to this US, UFC heavyweight division. He's two and zero in the UFC. A decision and a KO over Alan Crowder, who again isn't you know isn't. I mean, he could be your mailman. You wouldn't know. But I like Justin Willis in this fight. I'm sure he's the favorite. Let's look at the line. Yeah, he's a big favorite. He's minus 350. Stay away from this fight just because, I mean, there's no – you're not getting a huge kickback. I really don't think Chase Sherman's going to win, even though, you know, plus when you when you see a plus 285, you're looking at that like, man, I could, you know, I could, I could use that. Sure. I mean, he could win. It's not like Justin Willis is he's the greatest in the world. I just feel like he, he's too much, too much for Chase. So I would avoid this fight for sure. Next fight up, number eight ranked David Branch versus number twelve ranked Tiago Santos. A little weird that David Branch is ranked so high. I I don't know why he is. I know he won some titles outside the UFC. Hasn't had much much luck in the UFC. Looked okay against Luke Rockhold until Luke Rockhold was just too much for him. He got tired. Tiago Santos Santos is a scary looking dude. He's had some stumbles in his MMA career, but I think he's talented. I think he's going to win this fight. Uh, let's see what the line is. Yeah, so he's you know he's a minus two hundred favorite. You get a nice kickback on David Branch at a plus one seventy. I mean David Branch is a solid guy. He's a good grappler. If he gets his fight to the ground, I think it, I think he could has a real good chance of winning this. He could squeak out a decision. I just think Santos is too hot right now and too powerful. I think Branch likes to set up his strikes for a takedown. I think if he does that a little too much with Santos, he's going to get put out. So I like Santos. Again, you could bet it. I'm, I know I'm picking favorites here. I'm not. I'm not giving you the greatest. Uh, the greatest underpicks. But I, you know, I call it like I seize it. Next up, probably the fight I'm looking forward to the most is number eight ranked Aljamain Sterling versus number fourteenth ranked Brett Johns, the old Pike from Wales. He had the twenty second, maybe even earlier thirty second calf slicer. His last fight, Brett Johns, tremendous grappler. Um, out of he's 15 and 0, he's undefeated, and out of those 33% of those are subs. However, Aljamain Sterling, in my opinion, is the best grappler at 135. He has 43% subs out of his 14 wins. That's a pretty good record. Um, that's a pretty good finishing record, I should say. And I like Aljamain in this fight. I know he got brutally knocked out his last fight against Marais. 
I think the guy has enough confidence. I think he's headstrong. I think he's got enough swagger that he can come back from this. And and let me check out the line. Dead even. Both minus 110. This is a nice little kickback. I would. Uh, this could go either way. I don't really necessarily see a finish because both these guys are very strong grapplers. I see Al Jermaine having better position. And um, he's p- position over submission, which is what they teach in grappling class. He's a little bit bigger, I believe. I know they're they're listed at the same height and the same weight and everything like that. I mean, literally, everything's identical. However, I do think Al Jermaine is the more physically imposing guy. He might cut a little more weight. And uh, I think he's just going to control, and, and I think he's a better wrestler as well. So at minus 110, they're both dead even. It's a pick em fight. Pick Aljo. Uh, get a nice little money. They kick the card off. We got New Jersey's own Jim Miller versus Dan the Hangman Hooker. You know, I like Jim Miller. I, I used to not like him. I liked him when he got real hot. And then I, now it's like, you know, it's towards the end, I think, you know, and, and it, it seems like every time he's in the UFC comes to Jersey, he shows up. He's a tough dude. He's a gamer. I mean, he wins a lot of fighting nights, but he's lost three in a row. Albeit they've all been by decision and against really top competition. His last win was against Tiago Alves in 2016. And that was Tiago Alves trying to come down to 55, which I thought was a horrible idea. Dan Hooker, teammate of Adesanya, a New Zealand guy. His last loss was Jason Knight by decision. And he's coming off a KO and a submission win against two top tough guys, Ross Pearson and Mark Dykes, I'm so sorry I butchered that name. I, I need to go to pronunciation school. Um, I like Dan Hooker. I mean, this is a no-brainer. He's big, he's tall, he's lanky. Jim Miller's on a three-fight skid. I don't think he's rebounding. I know it's his, it's his hometown. You get a kickback at 280. If you go Miller, I would avoid this. I think this might be my lock of the night. However, I'm going to give you another one here in a minute. But I like Dan Hooker. I think he's too much, too big, too strong, too smart, too everything, too handsome. He's a good-looking guy. So, yeah, Dan Hooker. That's the main card. I'm not going to go through the whole card for you. That is – I'm going to let you decide that. However, there's always a however, huh? Aspen Ladd, who is ranked number 10, she is taking on Leslie Smith. This line has moved a lot this week. Leslie Smith, as as tough as it comes, is the underdog at 125. Ladd is a favorite at minus 145. I think Ladd is really, really good. I think she is super tough. I think this is going to be a really good fight. I think Leslie Smith is might be one of as, as tough as they come. She's been around for a long time. I like Aspen Ladd. There's a guy on Twitter that I trust when he talks about um, new talent. So... When new talent comes up and this guy tweets about it, I listen. And uh, he's all over Aspen Ladd. I've seen her fight. She's very, very talented. So go Aspen Ladd. I know she's not an underdog, and you're going to have to bet 150 to win 100, but I would even go north of 500 on Aspen Ladd. That's how confident I am. And just, just because I'm a nice guy, I'll give you an under that's a lock as well maybe okay marab oh boy here's another one of those names marab de Fisichilli. okay he's from G- the country georgia not a lot of georgian fighters 
He was the gentleman on um, Dana White's Looking for a Fight. He got the contract. He danced in the back. He's a Matt Sarah guy. He's a Matt, uh, Ray Longo guy. Lost his first fight in the UFC by um, decision to Frankie Signs, who was a tough out. A lot of people think he won that fight. He's fighting a guy named Ricky Simon, who is very similar to um, he's very similar to Frankie Signs. He has a little bit of more knockout power. He's ten and one. I think Marab is a more complete fighter. I think Marab has better striking. He's not maybe a finisher, but he's definitely, I think, more talented on the feet. I think this could be a competitive fight. Marab is listed right now. He's priced at plus one four five. That line's going to move, I think. I think that line's going to move. It's Friday. The fights are tomorrow. I would definitely bet Marab at one plus four five. I love that. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So that's a card. I'm excited. I'm not excited about Glendale for some reason, but I'm excited. You know, there's the, I mean, I just think the matchmaking could have been a little bit better. I know they need to fill these cards and stuff. I just, I dislike Edgar fighting so quickly. And then Barboza Lee, I thought they might've been able to do something a little different with that. That's, uh, that's just my opinion. But since you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming that my opinion matters just a little bit. So that's Glenn, that, um, excuse me, that's, I'm still thinking about Glenn now. That's UFC Atlantic City. We'll end the show like we do every show with the top five. I need to get a top five song. Maybe I'll hit up uh, Xavier Roy again and get a top five little jingle in there. I think I need it. So this week, in honor of Justin Gaethje and Dustin Poirier putting on barn burner of a fight, I decided to do the top five exciting fighters in MMA. Little disclaimer, I'm not adding either of those guys because I've talked about them enough. I mean, that's not fair. I could just add those one or two. I mean, I'm adding guys who are um, not them, essentially, and who are exciting fighters. So let's jump right in. Number five, Avandalei Silva. Silva in pride was a must-see. Silva, I mean, he's, he's, he's a lightning rod type personality. He's very, 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 he was very talented, very violent, and he went on a crazy undefeated streak in pride. I know that was Vanderlei Silver on steroids. He had some very exciting fights in the UFC. He, there was always a question mark. Either he's going to come out like a buzz or he's going to get put away in a minute. Quentin Rampage Jackson, one of the most devastating knockouts ever in the UFC. Chris Levin put him out in like 27 seconds. The guy's exciting. He's number five on the list because he does he does have some duds in there, okay? Because later in his career, later in the UFC career, he, he's put up some duds. And, uh, I mean, that's why Vitor Belfort's on this fight. Vitor Belfort in his beginning's career was exciting. But, you know, later on, he got a little patient, got a little gunshine, and became a little uh, a little, a little boring, I guess. And Vanderlei Silva is definitely not boring, but he has had some boring fights. That puts him at number five. But deal with it. Number four, Chris Cyborg, man. Listen, it, her Holly Holm fight was amazing. It could be a fight of the year candidate, I thought. Cyborg has that Tyson, that Anderson Silva in his prime effect where it's like, I mean, anybody she fights, any female she fights, she's going to be minus 800, minus 900, minus 1,200 favorite. So she's got that thing like how quick is Chris going to knock him out? I think that's exciting. I think people should watch that. She's the best female fighter maybe ever. People can make arguments. I think she is. She's in my top five pound for pound in MMA currently. She's just one of those intimidating, tough female fighters and uh fighters in general and and she'll put you out and she's 
she's got that effect, man. I'm always like, you know, wondering like, okay, is this girl going to do it? Is this girl going to do it? So it, it, it makes me tune in. Number three, no brainer, Tony Ferguson. El Kukui. Listen, when he came off the Ultimate Fighter, he was exciting, but he wasn't like to me. I was. I mean, he's a, he's a weird guy. I mean, let's just let's just let's just cut to the facts. The guy's a little weird. Got a screw loose, and and maybe a good way. However, he his earlier fights in UFC. I mean, as exciting they were entertaining, but I mean, I think there's a reason it took him so long to become a become a contender. He's dropped some some bad losses, and, and uh, but he has looked incredible. His last five fights or six, whatever his win streak is, is exciting, and he's a finisher, and he's tough as nails, and it's a must-see whenever Tony fights. There's a reason everyone in the MMA community, was their mouths were watering when it was announced he was going to fight Khabib. Unfortunately, that didn't happen, as you know, but Tony Ferguson easily, comfortably at number three. Now, number two, number one were hard for me. I flip-flopped a lot. Obviously, I think Gaethje would be my number one. Poirier would be on this list. But as I said earlier, they are disqualified from this because I've been talking about them too much. So I had to come up with a number one, number two. These guys obviously would make everyone's list. Number two, I went with the Diaz bros. I think Nick and Nate both have tremendous fights. They've had, I mean, Nick has had some duds. But even the duds are entertaining. Like Anderson Silva, no one's going to say that was five of the year. However, the memes and the gifts and and what Nick did was very entertaining. The GSP fight, it wasn't the most exciting fight. But, I mean, how many guys are in there talking shit to GSP? GSP is like a robot. He's like a nice guy. No one does that. Nate Diaz, I think, currently, because Nick hasn't fought in like 10 years, Nate has had some more recent and better fights, I think. And I think he is more of a needle mover now because he beat the Con- he beat Connor and even when he gets steamrolled like Rafael dos Anjos RDA destroyed him but it was still a very entertaining fight I think uh I, I couldn't decide between them I, they're a package deal they're coming at number two and number one I dare you if you're sitting there on your phone or in your car or jerking off or whatever you're doing stop what you're doing and tell me and email me and message me a boring Robbie Lawler fight because there is not one. He's number one, unequivocally number one. The guy is exciting. One of my favorite fights of all time might be the Rory McDonald uh, fight. That was that had everything, just intensity and just that's. I mean, it was just it was one of the best pure MMA fights. I might if someone came to me is like what what fight should I watch to start MMA? I wouldn't reference Hoist Gracie or Randy Couture or Baz Rudin. I'd probably go with that fight. I mean, that fight to me, you know, both guys so evenly matched. And then also you got the Carlos Conner fight. You got the Nick Diaz fight in the early days. You have so many to pick from that the guy's easily number one. And I'm not like the biggest Rob Lawler fan. I like calling him Bob Lawler. I wish I would be a number one fan of Robbie Lawler if he decided to go by Bob because Robbie is a four-year-old's name. But that's the list. I dare you to do better. I know you won't because that list is flawless. So that's it. That's the show. That's what we're doing. Broke down everything for you. Hopefully you win some money. Hopefully I win some money. And we'll talk about it next week. Ah, nuts. The podcast is over. But that's all right 
because you can hit the subscribe button and get a notification every time I post a new podcast. And while you're over there, you can rate and review us as well. If you need more content, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MMA Takes. And don't forget to go to MMATakes.com for all your MMA needs.